throwing myself into the ocean off a jet ski on my birthday. <laughs> that was, yeah, that was great. Like nothing mattered. I'm here in the ocean. Yeah, it was all sea, just nothing else. That was echt. Hello guys, welcome back to another episode of the Right Feeling Podcast. In this episode, we'll be exploring the subject of dating in your 20s. Funny enough, this is my last year of my 20s, so I definitely need to put this out before my birthday. <laughs> and I am speaking with my very good friend Marco, aka Marquito. Marco and I met back in London when I was doing my master's. He is originally from Italy and Marco and I always have very interesting conversations about love and relationships. I think it's interesting to hear a man's perspective on dating in your 20s and also obviously my perspective as a woman. So I hope that you enjoy this episode and I'll check back in with you at the very end. So, Marco, mm -hmm. welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Hello, everybody. I'm Marco. So, Marco, what are we going to talk about? We will be talking about dating in our 20s. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was telling you before we started recording that for me, this is kind of a time capsule too. What have we learned dating in our 20s? And then I want to do another one a few years from now, maybe late 30s. No, no, no. Let's do our mid 30s. Oh, you never know. Maybe late 30s, we're still out in the field, you know? <laughs> Maybe we should do mid 30s and then late 30s. Yeah, I, think I don't know. <laughs> five years time frames are a good uh, period. So maybe it'd be good to establish some context to our listeners. Like, what is dating? Mm, interesting question. I think everybody has a different approach to dating, and each person uses it to different meanings, like just to have a good night of fun or really to look for a partner in life or. Mm -hmm. Some people are just bored, really, and uh, <laughs> just do it for that. Or some people are just a bit afraid to be alone, and so they constantly need to have someone by their side. I think I've seen that a lot. For me, I don't know, I do it um, half and half. Like, I've had a serious relationship, like, a while back now, almost seven, eight years ago now. Mm. And you guys were together for... We were together for three years. And then after that, well, I had a rough six months, eight months after that. Since then, I started dating a bit on and off, never got too serious with anyone, I have to say. I use dating as a way of getting to know more about myself. As in, I like the way it challenges you to get out of your comfort zone. Especially me, I'm not a very extrovert person. I don't like to talk too much and everything. And being a little bit of an introvert myself, it's really... It pushed me to learn how to make small talk. Sometimes you go out, you have a bad date and you're stuck there for like the next two hours and you got to come up with something to make time go by, you know, mm. or like <laughs> sometimes you go out with people and you actually have fun with people, with a certain kind of people that you would never expect them to be your type, you know, and it's, it's also a way to discover what you like in a relationship, what you don't mm -hmm. explore some things that maybe you don't even know they existed before and like 
try things out. Maybe you like them, maybe you don't, but it's tickets away. It's the way I used it to, again, get to know more about myself mm. and uh, overall I think be, be more complete in a way. What about you? For me, I'm not really a dater. I, I don't really like dating. I guess I was dating more for a relationship mm -hmm. than it was just to kind of get to know someone, you know, and then, oh, that's it, like two dates. But um, because people have different approaches to dating, I think actually something very important as I guess a rule to dating is to establish those expectations in the beginning. Yeah. I was thinking about the concept of a player versus someone, okay, I'm gonna just <laughs> be honest, Marco. Mm -hmm. Some people could assume or perceive the way you date as more of a player in a way. Yeah, I've been told that, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think the difference between a player and someone who is dating because he enjoys or she enjoys the process of dating yeah. and getting to know different people, I think it's about establishing those expectations from the beginning. Yeah. We've had conversations before and you pretty much almost always establish those expectations. Yeah, exactly. I try to do, well, the first couple of dates I go with a person, I try to not have expectations, I just go there to meet, to get to know the person and see what the feeling is. Imagine the first date. So are you looking to get married? Actually, <laughs> one of the best first dates I've ever had was with a girl who very straight ahead said, I want this, this and that. What about you? And we had this conversation wow. like, I don't know, in the first hour after meeting each other. Did it align with what you wanted? Yeah, or? yeah, yeah. She was just there for like a couple of months yeah, in yeah. Switzerland. So there was a very set time frame and it aligned with me. And it was from that point on, it all went very smoothly because the conversation had been taken out of the way and then we could just enjoy our, our relationship very nicely. But uh, well, aside from that, it's first couple of dates is more usually to get to know the other person, especially if you date on the apps, at least for me. The first date you go out with this basically these strangers which you know more or less the way the person looks like and you've texted a bit on the apps for a while so you, it's always a bit random I find it actually but then after that you see you go out a bit and then if I feel like there can be something more maybe I wait and see how it goes if not I say it straight away for me it helps a lot because then I feel like I've done my part you know and uh, I've set my boundaries she knows what I am looking for but a situation I've had very often is when I tell the person, listen, maybe I don't want something too serious here. I hope you're fine with it. The situation I've had very often is this person being like, oh, okay, that's perfectly fine. I'm also not looking for anything serious. But then, but then... exactly. <laughs> so I think it's important to establish boundaries, but it's also very important to be clear, to be honest to yourself. Are these boundaries that this other person is setting good for me? How mm -hmm. much am I willing to commit or to deceive myself just to hope that this boundary will change in time, you know? Well, that's also the thing about dating, right? Uh, on one hand, it could be someone was genuinely okay with that at the beginning, but then as they got to know you more, maybe they start really liking you and being able to see something more serious together with you. So maybe that ends up changing, you know, that yeah, um, yeah. management or I guess their expectations started to change as your relationship deepens. But I think there's also on the other side, um, maybe people who hope that you would change your mind, you know what I mean? And they kind of just accept it in the beginning. 
And sometimes it's not even conscious, right? In the past, when I was younger, I definitely had this subconscious hope, <laughs> this kind of <laughs> subconscious desire that, oh, the guy I liked, you know, I told him that I liked him and, you know, he told me he wasn't really that interested. He was like, yeah, I'm just not looking for a relationship right now, but I would be there to be supportive. And mm -hmm. I was hoping that something was going to change, but I wouldn't admit it or I wouldn't be honest with it. And so when nothing changed, I would get frustrated, right? Yeah. Because you still have that subconscious hope. Of course, but that's on you, not on the other person. That's something you need to work. Yeah. Mm. Someone told me once that you should not fall in love with the potential your partner can be, but with the person the partner is at this moment. Like you cannot build a relationship with someone expecting the other person to become the person you like. But uh, it's just try to be as real, as realistic as possible and check on yourself and be like, who is this person and who do I want? How much overlap is there in, within this two? If that's not enough, don't expect, don't hope for there to be more, you know, just... Uh, yeah. And you know, if this relationship doesn't work out or there's so many other people exactly. that will yeah, yeah. fit your so needs, big. right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's really about finding what fits your needs. And I think a lot of people struggle with um, identifying what they need or being honest with themselves about what they need. At least in their 20s. Oh, definitely. I don't know about 30s. I think 20s is also... <laughs> that, that's going to be for our next episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think what's interesting, very peculiar about dating in the 20s specifically, is that it's still a decade mm -hmm. where we as people change a lot. Grow oh, a lot, so mature a lot. Yeah. That's in general, aside from dating itself. It's, you know, it's when you mm -hmm. first move out from, from your parents' home. Maybe you go to university, you move maybe abroad, or you change city, you get to know new people, you... You start to experience the world as an adult. You get start to have new responsibilities and maybe you start earning some money on your own. So you have more freedom to go do what you want and meet new people and everything. And by itself is already a decade where you as a person grow a lot and mature a lot. Mm. So it's also hard on one hand to know what you want in your 20s. Because how can you know if you don't even know who you are yet or like mm, what you're looking true. for, you know? Yeah. Dating can be part of it also, can help you grow. Mm -hmm. But for some, I feel like at least, maybe this is going to sound bad to some people, but like, I know people who have been in long relationships. Now they're maybe in their late 20s. They still are with their high school sweetheart, which is amazing. And it's super cute thing. But it's also like you grow up and you get to learn love, both in a romantic way and in a more sexual way always with the same person so mm -hmm. you don't your experience is very limited in that sense and it's uh for some people it's good and they don't need more and that's perfectly fine but i think it's also nice to explore and get across the whole spectrum of romanticism love and sex so that you know where you stand what you love what you don't like i mean i think as you were saying earlier everybody has this kind of different approach to dating right so they also grow with one another in different life stages so mm -hmm. maybe they don't explore other people but they explore each other in a very different context as they're growing you know yeah um mm -hmm. and i think for some people that totally works but then for others you know it doesn't so yeah of course yeah but sometimes if you get stuck with the same person even especially if that person is not really good for you that kind of prevents you from growing in a certain way and like to fulfill your full potential if you want like mm. it's normal if you if you have a relationship a deep one especially long for a long time it's normal in the end that the other person affects starts affecting you the way you grow the way you see things around you and everything 
and that's brilliant especially if like if, if there's this connection so so deep that really the person becomes so important to you but i think that's the risk if you want that like you develop following the pattern somehow the influence set by the other person mm -hmm. and then at the end after 10 years of relationship you are i don't know 30 32 and you're like fine like that's so nice but there's so many other things i could have done i could have explored mm -hmm. and um and, and then the done. resentment comes in exactly i've had people like this is in their early 20s that they've broken up with their high school sweethearts with whom they've been for five six years one of the reasons was exactly this i had this friend who told me listen we've been together for like seven years now i still like her and everything but it's just i'm 24 now and like there are so many things i want to do i want to move abroad study a bit abroad and then explore new things try out new things and i've broken up with her just exactly because i want to experience this and while she wants to stay more here in my hometown here she's more uh, doesn't want to move much and therefore she's gonna limit me i feel like she limits me a lot and uh, i think it's it's fair it's a fair uh, reason let's say to to break up a relationship because if you're not comfortable in it, if you feel like you're not expressing your full potential in a relationship, then it's there's no point for that relationship to be there in the first place, I think. That's very true. For me, relationships have always been, I don't want to be with somebody that brings me down. You know, I feel that relationships, healthy relationships are about mutual support and helping one another grow and really challenging us to become better people. Mm. That won't always be the case. You know, there will probably be ugly moments too. Yeah. But for the most part, for me, it's always about a mutual dynamic um, of support and growth. And I feel and I see that a lot of relationships, because there's the security that comes with being with someone that you've known for so long and you know they love you and you know you love that person, but sometimes you know you both perhaps want different things but because of that security you're afraid to leave that relationship and in the end you both end up becoming quite toxic for one another yeah, because so, yeah. you're not being honest with yourself with what you want to pursue right yeah so i think that in the case of these friends that you have mentioned marco it's like they just identified a different need that they had and then they kind of grew out of that relationship that doesn't mean that in the end they can't come back together i don't know maybe 30s or 40s yeah, or something yeah. <laughs> but right now this is the kind of life that they feel they need right yeah, yeah. and so i think that's also completely fine right it's just also again about being honest with your partner so similarly it goes back to dating it's always important to be honest about what you want even if you don't know what you want you can also be honest about that yeah, you, so know? you can just say i don't know what you want and i'm not sure this is what i want Honestly, for me, it's helped so much when a guy that I date establishes those expectations because otherwise for me, I th I'm kind of the type that, um, you know, you know, I have my people pleasing tendencies mm -hmm. that, uh, <laughs> that I'm slowly starting to grow out of, you <laughs> I've <know>? heard. <laughs> but because I people please, I sometimes do this thing where I'm thinking, oh, what does the guy want? And then yeah. it almost saturates my expectations and i start overthinking about what they want what should i do and if there's no establishment of those expectations my brain goes into overdrive mm -hmm. and 
it, it's not nice. You know? Not at <laughs> you all. Know? Not at all. <laughs> no, no. But once the expectations are set, I'm like, okay, I'm good. And I can just enjoy the dynamic for whatever that is. Yeah, right? that's true. That's really wise words, I think, in, in any kind, any, any kind of relationship, even friendship. Like, I think this is going to sound selfish, maybe, but I think it's important that you know yourself first, you know what you want, what boundaries, what are you willing to accept, and how, what are you willing to commit to that relationship, and yet that you're open about it with your partner so that you can actually enjoy it very, in, a, in a very nice way. Because, like, if not, it's really. So I've had a couple of times where like I really felt I started to feel uncomfortable because I I could feel that she was getting more and more into me while I was not, and I had been very clear that this is gonna sound bad, but go on, no judgment, Marco, no judgment. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, even though I had been very clear about it, right, that I wasn't looking mm-hmm. for anything, and um, we talked about it, she said she was not feeling more than than before, so maybe I don't know if it was just me imagining things. I don't know, at a certain point it just became, I started to feel very uncomfortable in this, in that relationship because I felt, I really felt like she was putting in way more effort and attention into the relationship than I was. And the relationship really become unbalanced, you know, like I was up high here, I could do whatever I wanted and she would still follow me regardless of whatever I said or did. Oh, you know? like, I see. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, and that really felt very bad. And then at a certain point, I, I was the one who, who ended it, who cut it off. But to me, I find it weird because I feel like, of course, from my very egoistic and selfish point of view, being in that situation where you're dating someone who really looks up to you, admires you and everything, and it's a good position to be in a sense. Like, I have this relationship, I have this person who was always there for me no matter what I do, and, uh, and it's perfect. While for her... That is a bad position to stand. So for me, that I felt like it would have been more on her, like her responsibility, if you want, to acknowledge what our relationship had become and end it, because it clearly was not good. But in the end, I was the one who ended it. And it's, how can I say, I felt like, this sounds bad, but like I did her side of the job. Like it's, I, I took responsibility for her somehow which maybe was unasked for, maybe. And... I wonder how much of that is... Mm, hmm. Because, okay, now I'm just going to play not devil's advocate, but challenge you a little bit. Yeah, yeah that's good. <laughs> I can see when sometimes, for example, for me, when I'm dating someone, sometimes I do things that other people are like, oh my God, that's like girlfriend status stuff, you know? But for me, <laughs> I just do something because I want to do it, but not because... I feel any pressure from the other side. It's not even about showing or expressing how much I like someone. It's just, I do it because I feel like it, you Mm -hmm. know? But I understand from the outside, sometimes that can be perceived as if, oh shit, this girl really likes me and she's willing to do so much for me, you know? I'm gonna be honest, like I do that with all my friends, (laughs) like people that are in my life, that's just what I do. But I can understand when people have this misinterpretation of what my actions are because I guess conventionally, if a girl does something, I don't know, cooks you a dinner or something like that, it's like, oh my God, she must really like me. Like, yeah, no, no. <laughs> you know, you, you got to look at that person and the actions for who that person actually is, right? So 
I don't know. Maybe if she had told you, it could be that she wasn't being honest with herself or she didn't realize how much she actually liked you. It could very well be. Yeah. But it could also be that that's just how she is and she didn't really think much of it. You know, it didn't mean that your dynamic meant that she wanted a more serious relationship. But I don't know the details. And of course, I guess you do kind of feel it when you're in that dynamic. Yeah, I guess. I, guess. I don't know. Maybe, yeah. I guess it goes back to being very honest. Again, with yourself and also with the other partner. Maybe we should have been more honest to each other. I don't know. I feel like we talked, but it's very true. Like, I, I see your point. As long as you do something that makes you happy, that just because you want to do it, not necessarily because you feel like you have to, because it's your status or whatever, I think that's good. You shouldn't feel afraid of it. Mm -hmm. I think there's also a whole set of predefined actions that are embedded into the dating dynamics, let's say. Like, from a society point of view. Now, it depends really from culture to culture, but like, you said, for example, people are not too direct in dating. Maybe if they set boundaries straight away, it would be nice. I know many people who don't like that, who wouldn't like that. Because like the girls I dated, which were very direct, for example, were always more from the northern side of Europe, for example. While the southern part, Mediterranean, we have more this idea of like, you know, dating more like flirting, where, you know, you say, but you don't say, you hint at something, but then you also don't. And it's this game that goes around for a while. And then the guy needs to make the move. And then um, also in the relationship, there's this built-in idea of like the guy being like maybe like the strong one who doesn't really talk much about feelings and stuff, while the girl is the one who brings out the, mm. the feelings and try to make, tries to build the emotional uh, Why does this sound everything. like a movie? Why does it sound like such a Yeah, classic? exactly. That tells you a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I think this also affects how honest we are with each other. Sometimes mm. I had a talk with some friends recently about it. Like me personally, and I see it with many other guys, I find it hard to initiate emotional talk in a relationship. You see what I mean? Like mm -hmm. if I'm in a relationship and I want to say something important about maybe how I feel or something about the relationship, it's, I find it hard to initiate that kind of conversation. While mm. even though I know it's something very good for me and once I've had that kind of talk, I feel so relieved, but I always find it way easier if it's the girl that does it, initiates. Also, yeah, if the girl tells me something important about her, very intimate, let's say, and all, only after that I, I share something about myself as well, which is a very bad dynamic, you see, but it's... Maybe that's also part of your introversion though, because I know I'm a little like that too. Of course, there probably is the expectations from society. Yeah. And I think maybe men have generally a, a more difficult time expressing certain emotions. But I think it's also individual. Like, it's just easier when somebody else is vulnerable first. Yeah, right? of course. It's yeah. just like, <laughs> okay, all right, you've taken the first step. I'll take the next step. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. Of course, there's individual variability. But I think as a trend, you could say that, yeah, in general, men are either are or are brought up to be less emotional to show less their emotion and girls more and then this this affects also the dating dynamics in general i think how honest we are with each other i think i find it harder if it's with someone i care more about because mm. then i'm exposing myself to someone that i really like and that i let's say if it's someone i don't like too much mm -hmm. i mean I say what I have to say and that's it. It's uh, like, <laughs> this again sounds bad maybe, but while with someone else, I find it hard because there's also more more, um, more, more things to lose, exactly, more at stake. Like 
what if I say this and then she doesn't agree or whatever, she doesn't like me back, all this kind of overthinking sets in, you know? So mm. it's uh, it's harder to, to initiate a kind of talk in that case. So you just have to find the right moment, convince yourself, first of all, that it's a good thing, <laughs> and mm. then take the courage and uh, and go for it. And there's never going to be the perfect moment, you know? And you just, you just got to go for it. You know what's interesting? Now that we're talking about this gender dynamics, at least in heterosexual relationships, right? Um, I find a lot of my female friends we expect the men to make the first move. So the grabbing of the hand, you know, the initiation of a kiss, you know, stuff like that. Maybe it's because we're in our 20s, but I feel that now that I'm in the later stages of my 20s, almost now in my 30s, I feel a bit more empowered to make the first move. Yeah, you know? that's good, yeah. I would actually challenge all of us to kind of move past the gender dynamics and just be clear about what you want because I feel that not only is it helpful for the other person to know, some people can read in other person's yeah. expressions or their gestures pretty well, but no one's in your head, you know? No one knows exactly what you're thinking. Mm -hmm. So just being clear about what you want or what you need is so helpful. And then also for yourself. Yeah, exactly. I think that's what people need to realize. It's helpful for your partner. But for you in the first place as well, because then mm -hmm. you feel, as you said, way you feel liberated after you said what you want, what your boundaries are, what your expectations are. It's so much better afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I heard some, not studies, but there's been talk that younger generations have a hard time being more upfront in someone's face. Mm -hmm. they they always kind of slide in the dms or you know they're so used to social interaction online that ah, they're not yeah, so used to yeah. confronting in person especially our generation with all social media whatsapp and everything it's easy to get to know a person more gradually so let's say first with some texts or messages on some meet, uh, dating app or whatever before you actually go out with a, and have a natural date with someone you see him in person, him or her in person. While, I don't know, back then, like a generation ago, 50 years ago, whatever, they didn't have all this, so. Sometimes it is easier online. And I think that's why dating apps helps so many people. Using Tinder or Hinge or, you know, any of the other apps would introduce you to people that you maybe would never even come yeah. across, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. yeah. But for me, it's just, Oh my God, it's so exhausting talking on these dating apps because I just feel like it's like a game, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's, ugh, I guess I hate it. I, <laughs> it just takes so much energy from me. <laughs> no, but I get it. It's really like you waste so much time on those apps and like you match with, I don't know, 100 different profiles you start talking to. 80, only half of them replies, and then of all that, you get out three dates, you know? It's really, it's a lot of wasted time there. <laughs> the overall yield is pretty low, and it's, uh, <laughs> what for? But it's it's good. I like it because it's, as you said, you get to come across so many more people than you would in your normal life. Mm. And it's weird. The first date can be awkward sometimes, because again, you're meeting basically a stranger, of which you know basically nothing about. But from the second date onwards, it's, I think the, the dynamics are more or less the same as 
a person that you met, let's say, more organically or whatever. <laughs> organically. Yeah, I guess for me, it's because I like the curiosity that comes uh, from an organic interaction in that when you're on an app, you kind of know something about that person already based on how they present themselves, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. in their pictures and their bio and their interests and stuff like that. And I don't know, I, I like the idea of not really knowing who this person is and feeling an interest, but not sure, be not being sure exactly what I feel and not knowing, is this person also interested? Because again, on apps, you know you're interested in one another. You yeah, know, yeah because at least uh, physically, at least, yeah. Sometimes that can be a bit toxic, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, I, I think that in organic interactions, I like that, that curiosity that, that comes from not exactly knowing who that person is, but finding something, and you're not sure what it is, but something you're attracted to or you find interesting and kind of pursuing that and unraveling that a little bit more i i like that a lot i mean i know that that's not what usually happens you know <laughs> that's a very rare occasion when you are able to explore that and yeah i find it quite fascinating as well how you can meet basically a stranger again from the app and then on the first time just start chatting a bit you start with small talk right and then you somehow managed to find some some common ground, some common interest and everything, and then that gets everything started. And then through that, you get to learn a bit about the person and everything. And it's, it's actually quite interesting. So it's an interesting way to interact with someone, to get to know someone. While mm. on a, say, more normal organic date, now we're using this word, uh, organic. <laughs> it's easier in the sense that you usually have some common friends or... Uh, you, it's someone you, you met at the gym or whatever, so you already know you have some shared interest and everything. So mm. there's already a base to build upon, you know? So it's it tends to make things easier. But but I think it, I think it also sets higher expectations, maybe. It could be. I mean, the last two actual like relationships that I've met organically, I didn't know. Like, we had nobody in common. We just met at a random conference... Oh, I know. I guess like we did have someone in common. Hmm. <laughs> no, okay. But if you meet people randomly at the, in the street or at an event, how is that any different from meeting someone on an app? Very true. I also feel though, something interesting about the gradual getting to know one another process. I think for me, before the last two years, my approach to dating, like I always thought if I knew, I knew. Like I will know, you know? And <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then my last two relationships has been based off of the connection, you know, where like, oh my God, maybe this is the guy, you know, maybe I don't believe in the one, but you know, it's yeah, just, yeah. it's this feeling as if this person's going to mean so much to your life. It sounds so weird to say it because it kind of sounds crazy, actually. Yeah. <laughs> it, it felt like I knew that this was going to be something. And I think that now... I've kind of changed my philosophy on that, obviously, <laughs> for a good reason, I think. Um, but it's because I see my friendships and I see how my closest friendships, I didn't necessarily click with them in the very beginning, yeah, you yeah. know? Mm -hmm. It was a gradual get to know each other process and the building of experience with one another to get to know one another and 
that experience creates a trust between the two yeah. of you and then that generated into this strong connection that you or we you know yeah, you yeah. and me <laughs> have now right because i remember in the beginning marco we didn't really yeah no it took a while to warm to each other but i think so if i can jump in that works well mm-hmm. for friendships but like would you like for example the the two of us we got to know in london but we became more friends during my first year in switzerland actually so almost a year went by from the moment we met until we actually became closer would you date someone for a year hoping and waiting for a deeper connection to to develop hmm. i see what you what you mean but i think it's important to for that connection to develop relatively soon it's like mm. at least for me at least otherwise i'm not willing to put in all the effort to keep dating that person if there's not really mm. for me i don't know i think i am okay with it as long as i enjoy spending time with that person i think in the past i wouldn't invest my time quote unquote like that dating has now become something where i'm enjoying the experiences that i'm having with the person and maybe i'm just in the in a mode where let's just see where things go because i guess i'm just sick of overthinking about everything marco <laughs> yeah and i think i've been in that stage where i was in a long-term relationship and i felt like i was going to be with this person for a long time yeah you know and now i haven't met anybody that's like stirred me yet mm-hmm. that hasn't like made me feel that connection but now yeah. i think i'm just questioning that connection because maybe that connection doesn't have to be a requisite for a relationship for me. And now I'm just seeing where things go and exploring different types of relationships to also explore what it is that I want in the end. So coming back full circle to what you had said, yeah. you know. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> But yeah, I see that like I think yeah, again going back to what we said. It's important to know what you look for in a relationship. Whether this connection or not is important, for example, it's something you can figure out very easily by dating a few different people, and um, then it's up to fate <laughs> to bring you the, the right person that ticks all the boxes. Then, Marco, will you let yourself fall in love with somebody and actually enter into a steady relationship if you come across it, and when you're finally ready for that in your life stage, you know? I yeah I mean I hope so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean I've done it first. I've done it once already. Why not? I mean I see myself in the in my 30s at some time like building a family, you know, and like settling mm-hmm. down and everything. But um one thing I've always been afraid of doing <clears throat> is doing that without knowing really what I want. Mm. And without having experienced different things and like learning more about me because then mm, How can you give your whole self to someone else if you don't know who you are in the first place, you know? And it's I think for me it's important at least the way I used my 20s is also again dating, exploring different things and learning about myself so that once you meet that special person you're also ready to commit and you don't sometimes you know get into this super serious relationship when you are 18, 20, 22, whatever. Then 15, 20 years later Maybe you have a family and everything and you realize, where has my life led me? Like I had maybe all these dreams, all these things I wanted to do to explore and I haven't done them. For some people, maybe it's okay. But for me, I think it's, it's important to know I can express my full potentials in, my, in, a, in a relationship or before, I don't know, like not being constrained, you know? 
as you're saying this, I, I just felt a little concern like pop up in my head, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> like a little concern that mm, because it's a fear, um, I think sometimes fear has a large role in preventing us from, mm. from also being able to experience something, right? Because figuring out what you want and exploring your full potential, I think that's very important. But I think that that will also be a never-ending process, right? Yeah. Growth is yeah, yeah. is not, you don't flatten out. I mean, in your 20s, for sure, you you have this kind of exponential kind of seeming growth. And then you kind of level out a little bit. But you're always growing as a person, yeah, you know? But I think also, you can also grow while you are in a relationship. So, like, the two things are not mutually exclusive. Like, of course, you can have a relationship with a person and still grow. But I think it's important to find that person that lets you grow it gives you the freedom to do what you want, explore what you want. And with whom you are happy to share the new things you learned about yourself and all these kind of things. Do you think though, Marco, that you're trying to find that when you're dating? Because I, I assume that when you're dating now, it's like a relationship is kind of out of the question because you have the idea that you don't want to settle down now, especially yeah. because, you know, you're in a transition kind of part of your life you know you're almost finishing your phd yeah, yeah, yeah. you don't know where you're gonna be are yeah, you gonna yeah. be in switzerland <laughs> south america you know? <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> uh i don't know until i the first half three quarters of my phd yeah i was really not interested in a relationship in general also during my master so i was very happy to date and see meet new people and explore and everything i was very happy with either outcome you know but like in generally mm. not looking for anything too serious like i was genuinely happy being single now i'm slowly like i feel like i'm slowly starting to shift to a mindset of if something more serious comes my way i see myself giving it a shot at least or like exploring a bit more and see how how it's gonna lead me i see myself doing that yeah now yes but see, the question is, Marco, because you and I have already said like, yeah, you see what happens or if something comes my way. But then at what point do you have? I'm also asking this question for myself, like your own agency. And like if a serious relation comes along, a large part of it is your own agency in deciding that you want that and you pursue that. Right. Mm. The quote unquote perfect girl or the perfect guy could come along, you yeah. know, and they give you so much space to grow you guys are just vibing you know everything's good but if that person is like the right person for that time in your life you also have to be open to it yourself yeah but it's true we talked about this before like it's very easy to self-sabotage yourself you know and just put barriers and be like no she has mm. this quality which i don't like or she doesn't have this she doesn't have that and so like overthinking your relationship so much that in the end you you end them mm. while maybe there was no real need for it but just because subconsciously you know you don't want to build something stable that is going to keep you tied to a specific place you don't like mm. it really is self-sabotaging in, in some ways but i think what most people do when they close off it's because they aren't honest with the other person about where they exactly are because maybe you know you are open to getting into a more serious relationship but maybe you need more time you know maybe you you're not sure exactly if you can give a hundred percent into a relationship yet and that's okay just talk it out just say it you know like yeah. and then the other person can also say 
oh, well, you know, I kind of want someone who's 100%. Or if that person's fine with 80%, then at least you both have established that, you know? Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I think it is about that kind of honesty. And maybe in that honesty, that's where the agency kind of comes in, right? Like your self-agency and yeah. allowing yourself to kind of pursue the relationship. But it's true that, I mean, if you're not ready or you're not, you don't know you're ready or you're not really thinking about it yet, of course, the good person, the perfect match can come your way and nothing can happen. Or maybe you date and then you part ways just because you are not ready or in that moment you don't want a serious relationship. But then, you know, in that way, that person already isn't your quote unquote perfect match. Yeah, exactly. But right? maybe because in that specific moment of your life, you don't have or you don't need, you don't want mm. a perfect match because you're perfectly enjoying your life alone and you you don't need anyone else at that point of your life and it's perfectly fine i think it's very it's actually very nice if you at least for a certain time of your life you're you're willing to to live alone and like build a solid foundation so that you're able then to share this foundation with someone else well i think many people rush into something sometimes without having that foundation and maybe they sometimes they expect the other person to provide that foundation for themselves some really bad and toxic toxic dynamics can develop there in that case. Mm. So Marco, mm -hmm. to wrap up, <laughs> what do you think is the right feeling in the world of dating in your 20s? Happiness, I would say. If you find something that someone or doing something with someone that makes you happy, I think as long as you get the good feeling of happiness, of being like, I'm enjoying the moment. I'm, I like what I'm doing right now. And this, this feels good to me. Then go for it. Mm. What about you? For me, I would say uh, honesty. But honesty is not a feeling. Ah, that's true. <laughs> but it's, it's the feeling like the, no, liberation. That's the feeling. Okay, okay. Oh, okay, good Because, okay. <laughs> yeah, because I think that when you're honest, at least when I've been on it, it really that liberating feeling oh my god Marco just it's an ecstasy for me <laughs> like you really I don't know just being able to express yourself honestly and what you want to somebody maybe it's just because I I've never really done that before mm. you know maybe yeah. that's why it's a new feeling for me and so that's what makes me more excited about it but I really think yeah liberation and honesty uh at least now in my late 20s <laughs> is what gives me the right feeling in my relationships uh my dating relationships yeah yeah and for me i think i mentioned happiness because so many times i i was not living the moment like i was happy mm -hmm. but i was overthinking like oh my mm -hmm. god i'm feeling happy this feels good where is this leading oh my god <laughs> <laughs> talk about self-sabotage <laughs> <laughs> and um well, I think it's important to recognize that you're feeling happy and like let yourself be happy as well. You know, you deserve that and don't overthink. Just if it's good, it's good. Oh God, not overthinking. Oh my God. <laughs> good luck. That's a whole new <laughs> episode for the next time. <laughs> I hope that you enjoyed that podcast episode. I'm actually very curious to see how dating in our 30s will be. So good luck for all my single ladies and gents out there. 
you just stay true to yourself, to your values, to what you want. And I know that's easier said than done, but it is so much more rewarding. In the next episode, I'm joined by my friend Felipe on the subject of contentment in moderation. If you enjoy this podcast, please feel free to share it with your friends, family, partner, or whoever. I do have a slightly inactive Instagram at the right feeling underscore or a very early YouTube channel also at the right feeling underscore. And if you're going to kick it old school and email me 100% fine, you can email me at Jane, that's J-A-N-E at the right feeling dot org. All right, guys, I can't wait to feel the feels with you in the next episode. <laughs>